This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I'm Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach, a gold medalist in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I have been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. As we approach the holiday season, please make sure you take the time to take care of the most important person in your life, you. If you find yourself feeling negative, stressed, overwhelmed, or any other negative emotion, stop and take some really deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Then I want you to think about everything you have to be grateful for. You can use this exercise to start your day and to reset your day at any moment. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Dr. Joe Vitale, you have no idea how my whole entire life is made and happy for this interview. Like you have just been somebody that I have followed for so, so long. And when you popped up on my schedule that you scheduled this interview with me, I was just like, this doesn't even like, you know, equate to it. I was doing a happy dance. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, I had no idea. I Where's your dance? I want to see it now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation and for your great, exciting welcome. Oh my gosh. So where do I start? Hmm. So when I first watched The Secret, that was when I was introduced to you mm-hmm. from the movie The Secret. And I remember watching it and I was going, there's a thing called a law of attraction. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've been teaching this for years and I didn't know there was a name for it. Like right. it's just something that always made sense to me deep. Mm. Like I just knew like this makes sense. And so I just thought that was hysterical. And I wanted to share that with you because I had no idea there was anything called the law of attraction. And so that just really opened it up. And then, you know, you get to dive in more and all of that. What was it? For you, like, how did you get introduced to that? Because it's not something that's totally like people think, okay, just think positive. There's so much more to it than thinking positive. But but how was it that you became, you know, first exposed to it? Yeah, well, first of all, you're not alone because most of the world had never heard of the law of attraction. Most of the world still hasn't heard of the law of attraction. And the, the secret brought it to the popular masses. And that movie, The Secret, is still traveling 17 years later. It's still going around the world, still awakening people. So I'm grateful for the movie. And of course, I'm grateful that I was in it. The Law of Attraction, I was introduced to it in the 1960s when I was a kid because of my, I don't know, I'm a book addict. I was reading books at the public library and I read metaphysics and psychology and popular psychology and philosophy. 
you know, I was a loner and I was awkward and I was insecure, but I sure loved books. And because I dived into those books, I heard of things like the law of attraction that was first used in the 1800s as a phrase, but it didn't register. I mean, it didn't ring any bells to me. Good Lord, I had no idea there'd be an internet, let alone there'd be a movie called The Secret, let alone I would be in it. So all of this has come, you know, as a surprise every time I turn around. So I've known of it for a long time, but I, I couldn't make it work. Even though I knew about it in the 1960s, my God, I was homeless in the 1970s. And I was in poverty through most of the 1980s. So I may have known of the phrase and the technology, but I didn't know how to apply it. That took a lot more time for me. And of course, we didn't have shows or people like you. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have all the things we take for granted today, where with a few clicks, we can get a lot of information. And we didn't have coaching. The only coaching I knew of back then was Little League coaching and football coaching. If there were personal <laughs> development coaches in the 60s and 70s, I never heard of them, and I didn't have the money for them anyway. So right. heard of the phrase law of attraction, but didn't really know what to do with it for a long time. So when you did learn, because obviously it changed your life, and now you're able, oh my gosh, I can't even keep keep up with the number of books that you've written. It's, <laughs> Neither it's can I. Quite astounding. <laughs> so it started working for you. What was was there like a little thing that, that a light bulb that clicked? And and how did that how did that show up for you? That's a great question. There was a light bulb that clicked, and I really think this is my contribution to the whole self improvement movement. It's the insight that we may have intentions and we may have goals. But unless we become aware of the counter intentions in our subconscious, most of us are not going to get what we want. And this is something I had to discover the hard way. And I remember being homeless in Dallas, Texas, and I was living in the public library, which on one level, because I love books, was pretty cool. <laughs> and it had air conditioning and it had water and it had a bathroom. But, you know, I was starving and I had, I had no home. I had no place to go. I had no car. I had no relationships, nothing. So it was a tough time, and I was reading all these books in the library, and they were all talking about your beliefs, and I had to take responsibility, and everything that was happening was due to me and my actions. And I remember reading Think and Grow Rich, and at the end of it, I threw it across the room because it was like I was broke before it, and I was broke after it. I thought, what's missing? What's missing in me? What's missing in the book? What's wrong with me? And I found out there wasn't anything wrong with me, and this is the same for all of us. We're operating from our subconscious beliefs. The aha moment for me is when I realized my beliefs were creating that reality, including homelessness. And I had to look, this is, this is a ruthless look in the mirror when you have to look and go, why in the world would I make myself homeless? And for me, I modeled my life after authors I admired and those authors like Jack London and Ernest Hemingway, they're giants of American literature, but they were self-destructive, alcoholic, miserable, and they actually both ended as suicides. Part of me concluded, subconsciously, remember, I didn't do this intentionally, but unconsciously I thought, well, I need to have a terrible life. I need to have a rugged period in my life. I need to go through drama and melodrama and suffer and have this theatrics that seem very real before I can actually be a success. When I awoke to the reality that that was a belief system and I was creating that struggle due to that belief, 
then it dawned on me, well, wait a minute, what if I changed the belief? What if I found authors who were happy and prosperous and published and well-adjusted and find them? And when I did find them, my life got better slowly because I was doing this by myself and we didn't have coaching or the internet and all, you know, all those things I was talking about earlier. But that was really it when I realized we all have an unconscious operating system. Everybody listening, they all have it. One way to look for where it is is to ask yourself, what's the reoccurring problem? A lot of people have relationship problems over and over again, but they're okay with health and they're okay with money. A lot of people have money problems, but they're not okay with everything else. Uh, somebody else might have a health problem, and that's the reoccurring thing. They might be okay with relationships and money. It seems like we specialize in a suffering area, and that area is where there's operating beliefs that we need to look at. That was really my wake up, is to discover we all have that. When we find it and change it, you change your outer world. Change your beliefs, you get a different reality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, that was such a great explanation. Thank you for that. I'm looking behind you, and you have a little sign that says, expect miracles. Yes, yes. So one of the things that I struggled with for a long time is that, yes, we want to expect miracles, but what get confusing to me, and I've had other people bring this up as well, you, you want to expect things because I believe that what you expect is, is what you're going to draw, draw into your life. However, I can't expect other people to behave in a certain way if they don't know about it, right? So those, mm -hmm. like the, when it comes to expectations, so I can't expect my son to pick up the phone and call me every day unless I let him know, okay, you, you need to pick up the phone and call me every day. Mm -hmm. So where do you draw the line between expectations when it comes to dealing with your surrounding environment and um, the, the things you want to attract into your life? That is such a beautiful question. My Lord, I'm glad you brought that up because this is diving into the deep end. This is going okay. into the deep end of metaphysics and how the world works. In okay. my books and what I teach, I point out that there's nothing outside of you. Everything outside of you, and, and Buddha and others have said that it's all maya, it's all an illusion. In Jungian psychology, they would say it's a projection. In Ho'oponopono, which, which is the Hawaiian spiritual technique I've written about and taught to people, they say all of it is an illusion. It's all a projection coming from your own unconscious mind. Everything around you, including sons, daughters, neighbors, employers, vendors, whatever you want to say, they sure look real because they're in 3D reality, but they're being projected and created from your unconscious mind. If you just strip it down to the law of attraction, you've attracted them. You attracted them to be a match to your unconscious beliefs. So the first thing to look at is that you can't control that illusion out there. That illusion is operating from your own subconscious mind. What you have to do instead is go into your own subconscious mind. There's a basic rule in psychology. In fact, I think there's a book called Expectations, and it says you get what you believe and you expect. The reason I have Expect Miracles behind me, and I end virtually every one of my emails with Expect Miracles and I have an online TV show and I end it with expect miracles is I'm trying to get people to move off the expect crap mentality that is out there. 
people have bumper stickers that say expect crap or some more vulgar variation of that. It's like, what kind of mindset do you want to promote? What I'm telling people is expect miracles because you'll move in the direction of positive expectancy. The other thing to look at in case people are having problems considering that the rest of the world is is really just kind of like a movie set and it's all a projection that's coming in. You've cast the characters and you've created the plot. If you have problems with that, what you have to realize is that when you change, the outer world responds differently to you. When you walk into a room, you can tell who's upset in the room. You can tell who's funny in the room. You can tell who's approachable in the room before they've said a word. They're responding and you're responding to your physical energy, the vibration you're getting off, including your son. So when you change the inner world and you're more accepting, you're more loving, and this is very basic level, and you're more... I don't know, just grateful for that person being in your life, they respond to that. They may suddenly start doing what you wanted them to do all along, all because they don't feel you're judging them now. When we feel judged, we very much close down. We very much put up our defenses. We very much go into our standard behaviors to keep you at bay. But when we feel like we're loved and unconditionally accepted, we drop all of our, our mask and we start being more natural. We start being more responsive. And at that point, we might start cleaning our room. So all of this is to say, all of this work is an inside job, whether you're considering changing somebody else or changing yourself. It's all about changing you on the inside. Mm. So, so well put. And thank you for that clarification. And, and that makes so much sense to me and hopefully for the listeners as well. And this is a great segue, which is the main reason I wanted to talk to you today, among a million others, <laughs> is Ho'oponopono. Ah, mm-hmm. So I was reintroduced to it um, earlier this year. And I think when I first reached out to you, um, I had had Rob Moore on my podcast last year. And so I follow his his podcast. And you, he, the two of you had such an amazing conversation. And most of it was about money. Mm-hmm. And it was so good for me because I didn't realize, like, even though, you know, I've been doing this work for over 30 years, seriously, for over 20, and never really realized that I did not have a good relationship with money. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> And that interview that you did with Rob Moore, the disruptive entrepreneur, and he is just a hoot to listen to. He's so much fun. So I love his podcast. I think I listened to that podcast probably at least 10 times. Mm. I kept listening to it over and over because what the advice that you were giving and the conversation, like I just had to keep hearing it over and over and over. So I was able to digest it. So that was right around the time my husband and I, because of COVID, we have a timeshare, weren't able to use it. So we're like, you know what? Let's go to Hawaii for two weeks and use up some of our our timeshare points. So because of listening to you, I downloaded the audiobook of Zero Limits. Ah. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to it. And I was I was familiar with the book. It's just, you know, there's so many books out there. It's it's hard to find, as you know. It's <laughs> there's so many, and, and I've read mm-hmm. thousands of them. So I started listening to it as I was on my way to Hawaii. And I didn't realize exactly, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about Ho'oponopono. It was just kind of like serendipitous or whatever, that here I am going to Hawaii, 
listening to this story, I then went and started buying your courses on it. I was like downloading all of those. And I submerged myself into Ho'oponopono while I was in Hawaii for two weeks. Mm, Nice. I have been practicing this. It, It has become a daily part of my fabric, my existence. And it has changed me in so many ways. And not just from a business standpoint, but, but from a physical, from like, I started doing it. I bruise very easily Hmm. and I would have these, my hands, I would have like multiple red spots on it just from like hitting a coffee cup or whatever. And I would get these bruises. I started just saying Ho'oponopono and rubbing my arms and my hands. They don't show up anymore. They're gone. Nice. Nice. My dog, I have this cute little 10 pound Yorkie poo. And he does wants nothing to do with you unless you're throwing a ball. Like you would think that this dog is training for the dog catching Olympics in the 10 pound <laughs> size, you know, category. I started working with him just two weeks ago and I started rubbing him and scratching his back. And I started saying the, the Ho'oponopono prayer. You know, this dog is it, for him. It's crack cocaine. This dog cuddles with me more and just comes oh. up to me and just, and I started thinking about this yesterday because it's, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in the middle of something. And he's just like, no, mommy, you know, he's just wants me to rub him. And, and, and I thought, is it him or is it me? Right. Mm. What part have I played in, in the fact that he doesn't want to be cuddly? So that's, that's just a very high level of my experience with Ho'oponopono. And I, I've mentioned it briefly on my podcast, but I really didn't want to go into it because I want you to share with my audience. Mm. Can you give as, as, as brief as you can, because we don't have a lot of time. Right. Can you explain how you came about this and your experience with Dr. Henlow and how this came about to become the book well, Zero Limits? All, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving that you discovered it. I'm loving that you really absorbed it and started to apply it and the whole thing with your puppy that's exactly what i was talking about when you change you everything around you including puppy changes we have a french bulldog and the french bulldog i've never had one before they're very independent they're very fiercely stubborn and i thought this is a dog that has never got to be a lap dog this dog has never got to kiss me on the lips this dog is just you know it wants food it wants to go do what it wants to do and it's the boss I'm just the caretaker, but I've been doing Ho'oponopono on our little French bulldog. And I swear to God, she gets in my arms. She crawls up to my face. She washes my face in the morning with her tongue. And I'm thinking, what, what, what happened to the other dog? This is, this is the same dog. But because I was doing Ho'oponopono, she's responding to me. I'm the one that's different, not her. And Ho'oponopono, I first discovered it, geez, 20 years ago at this point. I had heard a story about a therapist who helped heal an entire ward of mentally ill criminals without actually doing traditional therapy with any of them. And when I first heard it, I thought, mentally ill criminals, that sounds impossible. How would you cure them? And the short story is he was doing an odd Hawaiian spiritual healing technique that I eventually found out was called Ho'oponopono. And I I heard the story enough that I had to go investigate. I even searched high and low. There was nothing at that time on Google. I don't even know if Google was around. There wasn't anything to go and and find. 
But I did find a therapist. I met with the therapist. I did workshops with the therapist. We co-authored that book that you were talking about, Zero Limits, which is, geez, traveling the world. And there's a movie coming out now called Zero Limits based on the oh whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Yay. I did find out that that story was true. And I thought, if this story is true, the world needs to know. Because if Ho'oponopono can help mentally ill criminals, what can it do for you and I handling our little issues of the day, whether it's because we get bruised or our French bulldog right. won't kiss us or our kids won't clean the room or we're having financial <laughs> problems, health problems, whatever. So I brought the book and Dr. Hulen to the world. We did events together. Zero Limits 3 was the ultimate. It was the best. And what I kept finding out is Ho'oponopono, at its very simplest, is four phrases that you say within yourself as a kind of communication to God, the divine, the great something, yeah. cosmos, the universe, the higher power, infinite intelligence. There's all kind of words for this bigger power that we're part of. And those four words, because uh, I want to make sure everybody listening gets this, are as simple as can be. They're, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Whatever's yeah. going on in your world that you're treating as a problem, something's irritating you, something's making you angry, reoccurring problem of some sort, you don't need to know the belief, you don't need therapy, you don't need to go and uncover anything. I'm not dismissing be beliefs or therapy or coaching or anything. I'm offering a tool here. And this tool is saying, use Ho'oponopono. Go inside yourself, feel what you're feeling, and then pretending you're praying to the great something or repeating this mantra to the great something inside yourself, you're saying, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. The extended explanation, if I can have another minute to share this please. with you. Absolutely. You're basically saying, please forgive me for being unconscious to my beliefs, whether they came from my ancestors, they came from my parents, my childhood, or me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry for any limitations that I acquired, any limitations that I've been acting out or living from. Thank you for cleaning up the data, which is what the word for beliefs. Thank you for cleaning up the data, the beliefs, the limitations, the paradigm, the limited thinking, the negative thinking. Thank you for healing me. I love you for this process. I love you for my life. I love you for this healing. I love you for this clearing. So I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. A shorthand for a little bit longer of a prayer. Well, as I say, I heard of this 20 some years ago. I wrote the book Zero Limits. I did all these seminars with Dr. Hulen, the therapist who taught it to me. And I have heard from everybody who have, who's tried it on everything. I know people who went into their tax audits saying, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and having it resolved. I know people who had sick puppies and kitties or animals of one sort or another, and they were doing Ho'oponopono when the animals got better. It's important to understand that Ho'oponopono isn't about changing the outer world. It's about changing you. And when you change, the outer world reflects it. So Ho'oponopono has been one of the greatest gifts in my life. I would think my being in the movie The Secret and my being able to bring Ho'oponopono to the world are two of the greatest legacy achievements I have in my own life. Mm. Unbelievable. 
Well, I know. And, and sometimes people, I was telling a good friend of mine, and the forgiveness part is what yes. trips a lot of people up. Mm. Because that's huge. Pe- it's huge. That's- and people get stubborn and they're like, well, I'm, I haven't done anything wrong, right? Their ego gets in the way and they're like, I'm not forgiving. Would it, why, why would I forgive that? They don't yeah. get it. Those are the two things that, those are the two statements people stumble over. When they hear about Ho'oponopono, they might lean forward. When they tell them the stories that are pretty miraculous, they really get eager to hear more. But when I say the four phrases, they're like, well, why would I say I'm sorry or please forgive me? I didn't do anything wrong. And here's the perception they need to have. It's not about whether you did anything wrong or not. It's about whether you were conscious or not. And virtually all of us are unconscious. The example I use, if you go to the grocery store and it's a little crowded and you bump into somebody, don't you turn and say, I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You're not saying it because you need to be punished. You're not saying it because you're guilty. It's not saying it because you committed some big crime. You're saying, I'm sorry, because you were unconscious for a moment. And when you realized you were unconscious, you're like, oh, oops, please forgive me. I didn't mean to do that. That is the mindset to have when you're doing Ho'oponopono. When you realize that, I talk about money a lot, and I've written about money a lot. We'll use that as an example. If somebody says, I have money problems, but I'm not sorry about those money problems because I didn't do anything. What you're sorry for is your beliefs around money. You're saying, I'm sorry and please forgive me for whatever limiting beliefs you acquired along the way. And I say acquired because you probably download them, downloaded them without ever knowing it. You probably acquired limiting beliefs from your family, from your parents, from your friends, from the school system, from your culture, from the media, and you had nothing to do with it, which is why you're not to blame. But you do have to take responsibility if you want to awaken. So when you say, I'm sorry and please forgive me, it's just that I'm sorry I was unconscious. Please forgive me for wherever the programming came from. I'm now at the point where I'm ready to let it go. It's very innocent. There isn't anything about, you know, crime and punishment here. It's more about awakening or not awakening. That was so well said. Um, And I hope that people really digested that, listeners out there, because that is a golden nugget right there that you can apply right now because it's a choice, right? Yes, yes. It's a choice. How hard is it for people to say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, as a kind of meditation, as a kind of self-talk? People listening right now, they got self-talk going through their minds. And most of self-talk is science says we have 50 to 100,000 thoughts a day. They're all the same thought. They're all critical. They're all negative. We just recycle them. Well, how hard is it to insert, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And you begin to clean up that self-talk till you get to a point where, for me, the four phrases are fairly automatic. Even as I'm talking Mm -hmm. to you in the background of my head, in the old days, I'd say there's a tape running, but we'll go with digital. There's some sort of sound (laughs) machine in my brain that is saying, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. As I'm talking to you and answering questions, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. This is possible for all of us. And even if we just whittled it down to the phrase, I love you, my goodness, how differently would we respond to life and to each other if silently all the time we were saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You're not saying it out loud, you're saying it inside yourself. 
it'll soften you and your outlook to the world will will be more optimistic. Talk about expectations. You can expect miracles. You can expect a, a smoother ride when you walk around saying or singing, I love you. <laughs> now, I just thought of this now. In the movie, do you have a song that uses the phrase? <laughs> Uh, oh, in only the because movie, you just I, said that the uh, the movie just went into production the zero limits movie i have recorded 15 albums so there may be some of my music somewhere in there <laughs> but we haven't okay. got to the soundtrack part of it right now we're just okay. in the creating the movie part of it yeah so everything you're talking about and and, and i love to talk about this as well hmm. by saying just but just the simple thing just saying i love you in your head while you're with somebody you're raising your frequency yes yes and that's what I think people don't understand, that we're energy beings. And by by using a Ho'oponopono, it's raising your frequency, which is why it softens things around you. You know, it's you a good point. Else. And what I tell people is, look, you got to go inside of yourself and note how you feel energetically when you have different thoughts. When people are thinking, oh, I got to go and do such and such, or I'm going to get stuck in traffic today, or I know this is going to be a fight later on today, or this never works out for me. All of that dark, critical, skeptical, kind of depressing thinking lowers your energy and you could feel it. There's a heaviness that occurs to you. There is a darkness that kind of descends on you. And I'm inviting people to be aware of that. Then do the opposite and start feeling and saying within yourself, I love you. Thank you. I'm grateful for all these wonderful things going on. I'm grateful for this interview right here. I'm grateful I've got air. I'm grateful for the sun that's out there. I'm grateful for the stars at night. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. And you start moving into gratitude or variations of those thankful statements and notice how you feel because your energy goes up. There's a buoyancy to you. There's a lightness to you. And what we want to do is go in the direction of the light. Follow the light. When we hear ourselves start to speak negative, we should stop right there. We can do, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, or anything else that makes us pivot. Because if we continue down that road, we're going to feel miserable. We're going to attract things that we don't want. We're going to lower our immune system. We're probably going to get sick. All kind of repercussions, all because we're going down the dark road. Stop, change it, go in the other direction, go in the direction of the light, and you start to feel differently about that. Your smile comes on your face, your light is in your eyes, there's a spring in your steps, and you start to attract more. That's an equivalent to it, or even better. Yes, 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 yes. So we're almost out of time. What else would you like to share with the audience? Is there anything, you know, and how can they find your products besides just Google Dr. Joe Vitale and he's going to come up <laughs> a million times in your Google search. But <laughs> right. Wow. There's so much to say, so much to remind people of. Wow. What a great question. Well, first of all, I've written 80 some books. So just go to Amazon, type in my name and there's all kinds of books. The book that brings people to a pretty good understanding of Ho'oponopono is the one you mentioned, Zero Limits. I've written two follow-up books about Ho'oponopono. One was called At Zero, which I wrote 10 years after the first one. At Zero, and the most recent is called The Fifth Phrase. Mm -hmm. So those three books are my trilogy on Ho'oponopono. The book that I wrote that got me into the movie, The Secret, was called The Attractor Factor. 
right. Rhonda Byrne, the producer, read the Attractor Factor, and she called me up and said, I'm making a movie, and I want you in it. And I almost said no, because I was busy. <laughs> but she made it easy. <laughs> I said yes, which is a good rule of thumb. And I did it. So I would say The Attractor Factor, Zero Limits, At Zero, those are all good books that people might want to pick up. I'm certainly not hiding on the internet. I'm easy to find. I'm on Instagram as Dr. Joe Vitale, Dr. Joe Vitale. Same on Facebook. Got lots of websites. I think MrFire.com, M-R-F-I-R-E. That's my nickname, Mr. Fire. M-R-F-I-R-E.com. I got a TV show, weeks, uh, airs weekly. It's at ZeroLimitsLivingTV.com. As for a thought to leave people with, what occurs to me is the point of my TV show is to explore whether we have limits or not. Hmm. And so far, out of 53 episodes, none of my guests have said we have any limits outside of our mental ones or our imagination. So I would invite people as a kind of a challenge and as a kind of a game to imagine if you didn't have any limits, if you didn't have any limiting beliefs, and in fact, if you thought like God, you thought like your idea of what God was, what would you do? What would you go for? You wouldn't come yeah. from lack. You wouldn't come from limitation because you would, couldn't imagine God saying, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever it is that you want to have, do or be, imagine there's no limits. Imagine there's zero limits. And imagine what if God was thinking like, like you, or you thought like God, would you go for it? When would you start? What would you do? Mm. And then wow. expect miracles. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this has just been by far, and it's only Monday morning, the day we're recording this highlight of my week by far. This has been such an honor and a privilege for me, Dr. Joe Vitale. Thank you oh, so thank much. You. Thank for taking you. time Thank out you of your day. Thank you me. I really appreciate it. Love your questions. Love your energy. And I love what you're doing for people. Godspeed to you. Godspeed to all your listeners. Thank you. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.